You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup B, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted, it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra. It is Sheldon Jones. This is the final episode of Two and Out before I undergo a back procedure tomorrow to clean up some herniated discs. So, Sheldon, uh, thanks for being available for this show. I'm uh, nervous. <laughs> I got the butterflies going in my belly, but I hope I'll feel good and I hope that. Uh, I'll be good to go for the Grey Cup. If I'm not good to go for the Grey Cup, I'll still be there. <laughs> but we'll see how I can handle all the extracurricular activities. I do make poor choices. It's kind of funny because uh, there, was a, there was a few dates thrown in there. And I had it in my head when Monday Night Raw was in Edmonton that I would have uh, surgery on the 23rd and then go to Raw on the 26th. And uh, when I go to a wrestling show, it's like a full body experience for me. I put everything into the chants, the yelling, the singing. Probably wouldn't have been good. <laughs> Our voices were shot like by the time they finished taping main event. That's like- <laughs> it. The, the show's not the, the dark matches, which technically aren't the dark matches. My voice is shot. So, yeah. Good thing uh, I got it now and we can kind of lay low. So next week, some pretty cool episodes in the can. Earlier this week, I talked uh, to the bone crusher, Derek Dennis, with the Calgary Stampeders. Talked to him for about an hour and uh, about a lot of stuff, Uh, about basketball, about uh, all-star voting in the CFL, his career, his uh, mindset with his current injury, the cracked fibula. So that's a fun conversation. And then next Thursday, Tanya Walter, defensive uh, assistant with the BC Lions, will be on the show. So we still got some good stuff coming down the pipe for you. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Taproot Publishing. Uh, It's a service that helps businesses and organizations pay attention to the people they serve. Taproot tells you the news about the people and companies that are important to you, and you can use that information internally to keep everyone on the same page or share it with the world in your newsletter, on your website, and on your social media channels. Paying attention pays dividends. You can find more at taprootpublishing.ca slash spotlight. It's taprootpublishing.ca slash spotlight. Spotlights. We are coming out of Thanksgiving weekend in the Canadian Football League into week 19. We go. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are on by this week. What a rough stretch it has been for that team for the past, I guess, three months now. So being on by is kind of a a welcome arrival for Rider Nation, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Like it. It's nice not having to look forward to a loss, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, It's been a tough little – I'm so conflicted. Like, I want changes. I want 
but I know it's it's too late in the season to really do anything. I want them to lose so that there is changes, but I also want them to run the table in the East if they can and be that team to do it. But then no changes because they would have won the Grey Cup, right? So I have a lot of wishes for my for, for next year. and just, Nothing's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Friday night football. CFL ride. That's all we <laughs> the Montreal Alouettes and the Ottawa Red Blacks. Now, man, these two teams playing Thanksgiving Monday. Bob Dice, his first game as head coach. The Red Blacks gave Montreal fits, and remarkably, they still have a shot <laughs> at making the playoffs. Yeah. But it's crazy. <laughs> The Thai Cats have a shot at hosting a playoff game still after the Thanksgiving weekend. So Montreal really needs a win here. They want to clinch home field at least for the Eastern semifinal and host Hamilton, Ottawa, or Saskatchewan. This uh, is coming down right to the wire, but be an interesting game here. It's been a while since we've seen the Monday and then the Friday rematch home mm-hmm. and home between these two teams. But the big thing is, you know it, our nation knows it, 0-7 at home this season. Can they win a game at home? That's the question, Sheldon. Uh, maybe. Uh, they haven't been able to so far. Like, uh I, it's going to be tough without Jalen Acklin. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like Powell got hurt, I think, right? So he's not going to be starting, I don't think. Devontae Deadman is out. Yeah. So it's it's t- at least they have the benefit of being the home team in this short week. Like, they got to go home and work on their stuff without – I guess it's Montreal. Yeah, or something like travel. that. Yeah. So uh, it's not looking good, our nation, sorry. Like <laughs> The ghost of TD Place. I don't know. Who would it be? I don't know. The ghost of Trevor Harris or something like that. Uh, Reggie White Jr. and Sean Jamison. They're not going to be playing for the rest of the regular season, at least, for the Montreal Alouettes. So some significant injuries for the Owls as well. Now, coming into this game, it was probably a good idea coming off the injury that William Stanback wasn't the feature bell cow on Monday, especially with the game just a few days later. They did give him eight carries. It didn't, it wasn't as successful as you would have liked to have seen for Stanback. He only had 20 yards on those eight carries and a long of nine. So seven carries for 11 yards outside of the eight for 20 and he actually didn't get involved in the passing game either but I expect now that they'll be working him into the game plan more and more and get him ready as the weather gets colder heading into the playoffs because William Stanback he has what it takes to be one of the best backs in the league and as a defensive lineman, a DB, or a linebacker, that's a guy I don't want running downhill at me, man. <laughs> no, and he's – he shook – like, hopefully he shook off the rust yeah. uh, that, that game, my last game, because uh, they're going to need to have a big game from him. Uh, and he – like you said, he needs to get rolling because if it comes down to them in Toronto in the 
in the Eastern final there, he's going to control that game, right? Or that's they're going to want him to control that game. But uh, yeah, now is the perfect time for him to shake off that rust, get in there, and get back to seeing the William Stanbeck that we grew to love here in the CFL. I hate to look ahead, but a Montreal-Toronto Eastern final, that sounds like a lot of fun to me. That defensive front for the Argos, uh, stand back, <laughs> running right at them, that'll be a battle. I know Ty Cats, uh, Rider Nation, our nation, have something to say about that East final. but We don't me. deserve to have anything to say about it. Like, no. <laughs> win. Yeah, and like. the Owls. Despite last week's loss, what five and two in their last seven or something like that? They've been they've been finding ways yeah. to win here, and it's an important note that you mention uh, about Jalen Acklin not playing here. Darvin Adams, Ryan Davis, Justin Hardy lining up at receiver, but a newcomer, and I'm not going to pretend that I know how to pronounce the first name. Sayosi Mariner uh, lining up at receiver. Now, Ottawa fans liked what they saw from him in training camp. I do know that much, and I do know that Mariner and Arbuckle train in the offseason, so maybe there's a little bit of chemistry there. And Ottawa, the Red Blacks, going to be looking to see what they have in this guy. But that being said, there was a bright spot in the offense for the Red Blacks last week. 13 targets, 11 catches for Justin Hardy, 79 yards there. He all of a sudden has become the the top target getter in the Red Blacks offense now that Nate Bahar is not on the field here. And if Jalen Acklin's not going to play... Hardy might be in line to get double-digit targets again. He had something like 18 points for my fantasy team last week. Now, the CFL Podcast Network uh, Fantasy League, it it ended up being a loss for me. I, I lost by four and a half points to Ryan Cooper. 113-109. It was a... It was a shootout, and Justin Hardy, man, he needed a touchdown, and I would have won it, but it just wasn't quite enough. Brazilian tie ended up losing to Andrew of the Turf District, so good luck to those guys in the semifinals of uh, that league. The winner will be donating or able to donate their winnings to a charity of their choice, and that's what it's been all about this season, but Friday night, Montreal-Ottawa getting that rivalry going, coming off of Thanksgiving. Uh, Ottawa needs that home win. Montreal needs to win to clinch a playoff game, and they just played four days ago, so I expect some angry players coming on Friday, and there's nothing wrong with that, Sheldon. (laughs) Oh, I love back-to-back games. They're they're awesome. There's been a lot of them this year. Now, do all of them make sense? Like a Toronto, Saskatchewan? Not really. <laughs> no. 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 But I'm okay with Montreal, Ottawa. And I, I want them, and it seemed like this year, they made an attempt to to make Thanksgiving weekend a bigger deal. They had a sponsor on it and things like that. I would almost be okay if, and I know Montreal gets the host of Thanksgiving one, and one of the big things is is because they, they're kind of left out of Labor Day. Yeah. So why not make Thanksgiving Labor Day 2? Have one for the Lions, or you can even have a Battle of Alberta rematch or do Saskatchewan-Winnipeg 
and have Toronto even host Hamilton. Whatever you want to do. But I like holiday weekend football. Maybe attendance doesn't do as well. In Montreal, hey, they had 21,000 there on Monday. So it seems to be kind of a Thanksgiving tradition there. But I think this is something we can build as having it be a landmark weekend on the CFL calendar. We totally should. The NFL does it with their they have their Thursday night Thanksgiving game, their Thursday afternoon, I guess, Thanksgiving like game. A triple and, header. Yeah. Yeah. So like why the CFL needs, and we've been saying it for years, they need to do different things, different marketing. So I agree. Uh, but setting up a Thanksgiving classic weekend would be awesome. I just love uh, uh, Rod Smith, Dwayne Ford going to town on the bird, man. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't waiting to get in there. He wanted to get in there. Which is great. I miss. I do miss Rod Black with the with the turkey, though. He it used to be his thing. I think. So. You know what? You can't <laughs> deny his enthusiasm for uh, the Canadian Football League. Say what you want, the drinking game, all that kind of stuff, but the enthusiasm for the games. Even awesome. the drinking game—that's fun. Like yeah. it's, yeah. it's it's not like. People get way too butthurt over stupid things. Like, we need characters. Like, there's a reason why people like Romo when he's doing the NFL games because he's yeah. kind of a character. He gives yeah. that player perspective, but he's also funny and goofy too. And like, the CFL needs to do stuff like that. They need characters. The Manning cast. They could do a. I don't know who Fantu's cast. I don't know, but Man, like, I, I'd watch. Uh, the Bone Crusher and uh, Adriano oh. Belli watching a game or something. <laughs> <laughs> Tell yes. me that would be Please. awesome. <laughs> Please. <laughs> now, the Stampeders also home on Friday night to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, an absolutely remarkable stat. I know that the Tiger Cats only generally play at McMahon Stadium twice a year or once a year. 2019 was twice. One of them was a Grey Cup loss, so that that doesn't add uh, to that uh, streak for the Ticats. But they haven't won at McMahon since 2004. That That's not good, <laughs> to say the least. The Stampeders are a favorite by a touchdown here. Coming off the bye, the over-under is set at 49.5. By the way, a Montreal three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Red Blacks with the over-under at 47-and-a-half. Now, this will be a battle of the trenches, which every football game you can say is, but the Stampeders, the best rushing team with Kadeem Carey and company, against the best rushing defense with Micah Johnson and company for the Ticats. That will be a battle to watch on Friday night. Absolutely. Uh, Micah's amazing at plugging in the, the middle there. Uh, obviously, the Riders are probably wishing they re-signed him this offseason instead of no doubt letting him go over, I believe it was reported, like, chump change, like, and after giving a quarter million yeah. bucks to Duke Williams, yeah, yeah. doesn't look good uh, in October of twenty twenty two. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, enough about that. No, like, and and Kadeem Carey is crazy. He's so athletic, and they can put Logan in there too to give 
carry a break. And That's wild. Yeah, no, definitely the best one-two punch. Uh, like when the Riders had Frankie Hickson and and Morrow going, I think they were probably up there for one-two punch when Jason Moss actually ran the freaking ball. Uh, <laughs> but no, like yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see which which team breaks here, whether it's the Stamps offense or the the Ticats defense, because it's must win for Hamilton. Absolutely must win. They can't lose, and I think ha- Calgary's still trying to. Did they? I, I'm sorry. Did they they actually second? can't lock up. No team can okay. lock up second okay. yet this week. But obviously, so BC, winning BC, is preferred. Well, and, and BC, we're going to talk about it later. But BC is going to be having a little bit easier time with Winnipeg than than Calgary is with Hamilton, right? So uh, it's it's pretty much must win for Calgary if they want to keep the being in the driver's seat for second place. Yeah, BC and uh, Calgary currently tied at ten and five. Okay. Uh, BC has the season series, so this oh. week Calgary's got Hamilton and then Saskatchewan twice. Mm-hmm. BC does have Winnipeg twice with Edmonton in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting, because at the end of last year, I think what Winnipeg did is they sort of rested their starters going into the final week, and then in the final mm-hmm. week, they played their starters. Mm-hmm. But the Bombers, they're going to have a lot of rest. They've got the first-round bye in the playoffs. They've got a bye coming up in Week 20 as well. So they're going to be really rested. And I don't think, if I'm a Bomber fan, I don't think I'm worried. I, I think Mike O'Shea has proven that... The Bombers rust versus rest thing, I I think they can throw that out the window. They, they've proven that they can get on the field and they can perform. You might be able to argue that the West Final last year with that first half, the Riders forcing all of those turnovers maybe was a rust versus rest thing, but the second half they, they controlled it and they got her done. So I, I don't think that's anything really to worry about for the Bombers. What about you? That's that's what they do. That's their yeah. whole identity. Is if they make they make their mistakes in the first half, they yeah. learn from it at halftime. They make adjustments like coaching staff should, and then they just put the they put the hammer down in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, you're right. It, it with that buy in there, it is a little bit interesting because that's that extra week of rest too. But yeah, I, I players like Zach Claris, I don't think resting would really affect him. He's so calm in the pocket and when he's running around he's got so i just and they they're they haven't really been hit by that injury bug as 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 much as the other teams so their secondary would like to ask you yeah fair enough (laughs) but but you know what last year secondary isn't as important (laughs) as important it seems right because they seems last week Kalaros got up slow a few times against Edmonton. And you know what? The the game was out of hand, and they were able to get Drew Brown in there. And, of course, they had (laughs) a touchdown pass from each of their quarterbacks. I don't know if there's many other teams in the CFL that could pull that off this year. Um, Back to Hamilton. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I kind of sidetracked that a little bit. (laughs) Remember the last time that the Stamps and the Cats played back in June? I'm sure Ticat fans want to forget that, but the Stamps are down three touchdowns at halftime, 24-3. to three. 
come back, win it 33-30 in overtime. If I'm Hamilton, you want to force Jake Mayer to beat you. Right, And I realize that Jake Mayer is a very capable quarterback. He's got a very capable receiving core, but I don't know. If you can stop the run in Calgary and make them beat you with the pass, that's going to give Hamilton a fighting chance here. And the big news for the Stamps receiving core is that Malik Henry's not going to play. He's their leading receiver here. Kamar Jordan is also on the six-game injured list, so... It looks like in comes Sean Bain, 27 years old. He is a burner. Uh, He's gotten to six games this year, 226 yards, uh, a touchdown on the season. But we've seen him. He's got speed. He had a 129-yard game against Toronto back in August. So the guy can move and... I think he'll be able to fill in for Malik Henry just fine. Now, I was trying to get him into my fantasy lineup. I couldn't find him. So I don't think he's on the website (laughs) yet. But once they get him back in, he might be a cheap guy and he might be gaining some targets here from Jake Mayer and company. That might be something to watch. But you want to talk running games Hamilton finally has one. And I think part of it is that they found a guy that they can commit to. I love watching Wes Hills run the ball. He reminds yeah. me of Stanback a little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. Is that crazy? Like his size? He just... <laughs> he's he like that. Yeah, he just, yeah, he hits it. And another guy I don't want to stand in the way of. No. No, no, no. And... <laughs> And in Calgary, like when it's just Huffnagel is so good at finding players that when they they are the ultimate next man up mentality team, and I think that that comes from Dickinson, that comes from Huffnagel. Um, They're a QB factory; they have been for years. They are a receiver factory for sure. Um, So I, this, I'm not worried. I I don't think having not having Henry in there is going to really stop anything this week. Wes Hills had 25 carries against the Riders last week, 132 yards. He's got five and a half yards per carry on the year, and he's not like running off 50-yard runs. He's no, he's just controlling the clock. Yeah, like chunks and chunks at a time. They killed the Riders with just long drives and. The Riders' offensive coordinator doesn't know how to do that, apparently. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's it, like, and that's what Hamilton needs to do because that's the only way they're going to be able to beat Calgary is if they they take the clock away and they don't give Mayor time. As a road team, that's what you have to do. You have to start fast, and then you have to be able to then slow down and just have big long drives. West Hill, six foot one, two hundred and eighteen pounds, an extra wrinkle to the uh, offense for the Hamilton Tiger Cats that was not a part of that offense in that thirty three thirty loss earlier in the season. So that'll be something that the Jameer Thurman, Mike Rose, and company with the Stampeder defense need to look out for. Ticats are going to need to find a way to pressure Jake Mayer, too, as uh, all we can praise the rushing defense. 
pressuring the quarterback hasn't always been a consistent part of their game this year. So they need to get that done at McMahon Stadium on Friday night. If you look at the uh, injury report, Micah Johnson is actually questionable here. He didn't practice on Wednesday, uh, making a return to his old digs at uh, McMahon Stadium. And they also did sign defensive back Jordan Hoover, a former player in Edmonton. He won't be playing this week. Uh, He has been limited in practice. But other than that, it does look like they are healthy. I'm going to watch to see if Simone Lawrence is going to be on the field. He's been practicing in full this week and last week, and Stephen Dunbar Jr. may be set to make his return to the roster as well. Going to be an interesting game on Friday night. Now, we have a doubleheader on Saturday. We actually have a doubleheader at Commonwealth Stadium itself, the U of A Golden Bears taking on the UFC Dinos at noon, and then Argos Elks at 5 o'clock. I believe university students get in for free. They can just go and claim their uh, claim their ticket, and they can go to both games and have a great October day at Commonwealth Stadium. I should mention, while the Elks don't have a uh, home win, <laughs> they've set the CFL record. The Ticats don't have a road win this year, so that's another thing <laughs> to add there. The Argos, for their credit, 4-3 and three on the road. To me, this doesn't look good for the Elks. <laughs> After going to Winnipeg and getting absolutely smashed. But the last home game against Montreal, they had it. They totally had it. And Chris Jones went into the locker room. He took credit for that loss saying, when I'm on the two-yard line with a dynamite running back like Kevin Brown and we're passing and throwing 110-yard interception returns, uh, that's on me. So the Argos, five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under set at 50-and-a-half. Which version of the Elks team are we going to see Saturday in Edmonton? I don't know, but Elks fans, go to the game before. Maybe you'll see a win. <laughs> You're not going to this week either. Sorry, Joe. Sorry. Hey, it's, you, it's, you did owe him an apology, right? Yeah, so sorry. You're going to see another loss, Joe. Sorry. <laughs> I guess no, that it's just like Yeah, well, it's, honestly, like Montreal has – Everything to play for. Or Toronto, yeah. Or Toronto, sorry. Toronto has everything to play for because they still – have they locked up first? Nope. Nope. So they still have everything to play for. Edmonton has nothing to play for. It's just a continuation of this 18-week-long training camp that Chris Jones has been running, which will pay off in a couple years. So yeah. Elks fans need to realize that. Next year is going to be a better year. The year after that? If he's still there, will be a better year. Like, there's the sun will rise, but uh, I I see this like I don't know what Trey Ford how he's like is he healthy because I'm he's last he's been in uniform he's been in uniform I'm I'm gonna assume that Jones is gonna try to get him some more reps before the season's over and yeah. 
Edmonton had their chance to win, like you said, last last game there, and it's, it's sorry. I, I do think I hope it's an exciting game, but sorry. <laughs> I, I do think that this home losing streak they, they haven't won at home as the Elks, which it, it feels actually pretty crazy to say that. That uh, since the name changed, the new brand, they haven't won a home game. And I remember the excitement last year. There was like 35, 36,000 at the home opener. And, man, just just a brutal performance from from the Elks team. And I, I think they want to get that figured out. They're in tough because Toronto, if they win here – and Montreal loses, then the Argos have clinched first place in hosting the East Final for a second straight year. But if Montreal wins, Toronto's still going to want to win because then they've got that home-and-home with the Owls. So, two games remaining this season between the Owls and the Argos. They could play again in the East Final. Hey, some repetition there, just like the Ticats and Argos earlier this season. I don't think we see that again, but Owls and Argos, we're going to get a healthy dose of that before uh, the Grey Cup goes up there. But either way, whether Montreal loses or wins, Toronto is going to want to get out there and get another win. Uh, and then next week, it's BC visiting Edmonton. And <laughs> they want to lock up second place, too. So, yeah, it's not an easy task for the Elks to get a win at home. Some news here. They have re-signed or extended uh, young offensive line in Jesse Gibbon to a two-year extension. I, I thought maybe that this guy was going to be with the Hamilton Tiger Cats for a while, but they traded him to the double E. I think he was involved in the David Beard trade. He's played five games for the Elks so far. Uh, he was second overall in the 2019 draft. will be in Edmonton for the next couple seasons. But the Elks offense has their hands full with that Toronto defense, and we saw the pressure that they were getting on Vernon Adams Jr. early on last week uh, against BC. The the Argos secondary is inter- has more interceptions than touchdowns that they've given up. So Taylor Cornelius and I know Dylan Mitchell. He's he's basically a lock to get you about fifteen points, but this week it might be tough to pull that off against that Argos defense that uh, they're going to be looking to get to the quarterback early and often. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Like in Cornelius, he, he had his runs against the riders there that I know. a few weeks ago, but that, I don't know if that was him or if that was the riders not being able to catch him, but uh, he's, he's going to be running because yeah, like you said, that, Argos D is no joke. There's a reason why they're the most expensive defense in fantasy, which I don't know. I don't know why Calgary isn't, but for some reason, Toronto's number one. I, I think they're $4,400 for defense, I believe. Yeah, it's some sort of uh, fancy formula that they've got figured out, but yeah. the, the Argos defense forces turnovers. And yeah. when you force turnovers and, and you score points that way, 
they're going to charge a lot of money for that. Was that a, I'm pulling it up right now, a couple weeks ago when <laughs> the Argos played Ottawa, they put up 28 points. Yeah. <laughs> Five interceptions, yeah. one yeah. fumble yeah. recovery, two defensive touchdowns, three sacks in one game. <laughs> well, when you're like the one... <laughs> <laughs> pretty decent team in the in the division like wow. at the beginning of the season Montreal wasn't great right they've, yeah. they've been in a row now but when you played early in the season Montreal when you played Hamilton four times or Ottawa like yeah makes sense why they they'd have a lot of maybe scoring high points there that being said they want to see some consistency from that offense and I think really the only consistent player for the entire season has been Curly Gittens Jr. And yes. props to him. Maybe he is the East nominee for most outstanding Canadian, which is actually a pretty interesting race, uh, I would say, this year. He needs 80 yards to cross the 1,000-yard plateau. Um, and there's a good chance that Maybe he does that this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Eighty yards against Edmonton is is it could it can be done for sure. Very doable. And very doable. I, I don't know what Winnipeg put on tape uh, against the Elks, but they were crushing them up the middle. Like Dembski, Shone, it didn't matter who it was <laughs> up the middle of the field. There were crunching yards and gaining them in big, big chunks. So Curly Gittins Jr. had 84 yards against BC last week, 36 against Calgary the week before, but the, the Toronto offense wasn't looking good there. And then he did, in two games against Ottawa, 11 catches, 202 yards, and two touchdowns. Curly Gittins Jr., I hope he's having a big game uh, at Commonwealth Stadium only because he is in my fantasy lineup this week for the first time all season. So that might mean that I have provided him with a big fat jinx. I hope not. (laughs) You jinxed him, I jinxed him too because I have him too. (laughs) Now the Edmonton Elks rush defense has given up the most yards in the CFL, uh, over 1,800 yards, averaging 116.5 yards a game. Could A.J. Olette be an option at uh, running back for your team as well? Not only does he provide some of the rushing yards, and I'm just a fan of him because none of the yards he gets are easy. (laughs) He's every, fighting for them all. <laughs> he fights for every inch on the field. So he'll be fighting against Jake Ceresna and company with the Edmonton Elks. But he's become a pretty big part of the passing game. And uh, he's been a reliable sort of check down option for McLeod Bethel Thompson. So he's a player to watch there. And speaking of McLeod Bethel Thompson, last week was his first clean game without an interception in a while. So we go back to August 20th, week 11, he throws a pick. Week 12, throws a pick. Week 13, throws two picks. Week 14, throws a pick. By week 15, week 16, throws a pick. Week 17, throws two picks. 
last week, 27 of 40, 352 yards and a touchdown. Can he go two games in a row without committing a turnover for the Toronto Argonauts against those Edmonton Elks? Uh, I don't know. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, playing against Chris Jones' defense, you're, you're – you're always going to have that extra defender because yeah. he's rushing three only 85% of the time. So uh, I wouldn't say that it's looking great for him to keep up that clean game streak. Like, but he he's, he's getting smarter as he's, as he's going like his first couple of years, he seemed more willing to throw that, you know, 50, 50 ball, but it's more like 25, 75 ball he's not throwing them as much anymore because he's found like Curly Gittins Jr. and trying to heat up Brandon Banks on those, those, uh, you know, screen routes or whatever. Um, I, I hope, I hope for him that he can go another week without throwing a pick, but uh, it's going to be tough with Jerron uh, Carter. He can still catch. He may, he may not be able to tackle, but he can still catch if a, if a ball is off target and, you know, he still have a gainy up, back there uh so they, they have players in the defense it's just let's see what happens brandon banks has in practice this week i, I guess it's a personal oh. thing so we'll we'll see what's happened that's what's on the injury report i didn't, know that. A, I didn't look so we'll see if he's gonna play on saturday dejon allen o-lineman uh for the argos he also hasn't practiced uh, and it's listed as personal as well, the Elks came away with some some injuries in Winnipeg, including uh, Toby Antigua. He hasn't practiced. Jamin Pelly hasn't practiced. Trey Watson hasn't practiced this year with the knee, or this week, sorry, with the knee injury. And then Kevin Brown, the running back who was struggling in Winnipeg, he went down. He, he kind of came back. So Tuesday he didn't practice. He was limited on Wednesday. We'll see if he gets into there. I think what's cool is that Emmanuel Arsenal practicing in full this week. I thought the Manny show was uh, maybe not going to play again this season. But, hey, he's out there in practice. What a leader he is. And he had a – yeah, the bushwhacker, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of. I love the Manny up. show. Man, I went. I went to a game in June. He had a hundred yards this this year. Seven catches, hundred yards, and a touchdown. So yeah, I love Manny. Like, I loved him too. Like, and when he was with the Riders, we just didn't like use him. It was yeah. like, it's like the same as like how when they had G Roy and they didn't end up really using him as much. Like it, but when it counted, they yeah, did. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, when it counted. Hot take, he should have been Grey Cup MVP, not Corey Sheets. That's all I'm going to say. But anywho. um, (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, the Manny show is awesome. I hope it can keep going because he's he's great for the league. He's he's just a fun guy. Yeah, great leader. Great leader. Last game of the week, BC Lions two-point favorites over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The over-under set at 50 Maybe that's a juicy betting line if you want to throw money down on BC. 
here's the reason why the Bombers are going to be resting some starters with first place locked up. It looks like Drew Brown will start at quarterback for the Bombers, getting some valuable reps there. It'll be interesting to see who else on the offense is going to be getting a rest. Will Brady Oliveira be able to take a break? Uh, Dalton Schoen. I mean, Nick Dembski, he's got a pretty big campaign right now for most outstanding Canadian. It's six games in a row with a touchdown. So Dembski's trying to make a run at that as well. He's been playing great football since coming back from injury. And at first it looked like maybe he was just going to do it against Saskatchewan. But... <laughs> He's been able to keep going. Uh, last week against Edmonton, five catches, 92 yards, a touchdown. He had five catches, 94 yards, two touchdowns against Sask, four, 36, one. And then, man, geez, back in August against Calgary, eight catches, 117, and a touchdown. The two uh, Labor Day and Banjo Bowl, three touchdowns. 12 catches, some quick math, 150 yards throughout those two games as well. He's been on absolute fire. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just, uh, you, you miss seeing I, Dembski in green and white. Yep. Yeah, I do. He, he was awesome here. No hard feelings that he's going home. Yeah. It happens. It uh, happens. My favorite player back in the day, Andy Fantuz, did it too, so. At least we had more time with Bantus than, than we did Dempsey, but Hey, and we got Brandon Labatt from Winnipeg who wanted to come home. So, hey, yeah. it, it goes both ways in, oh, yeah. uh, in the Canadian Football League. But mm-hmm. you got to watch the depth charts for this one. I'm going to be interested to see if they're going to be giving the ball to Augustine more, if they're going to be giving it to McRae more, who has been making plays for the Bombers off and on this season. It's O'Leary Orange going to be getting the ball back. And I mean, we're going to be seeing maybe, maybe Greg Ellingson's going to be maybe not returning this week, but set to come back before, before the end of the season. And if they got Ellingson, Dembski, and Schoen firing on all cylinders for that plumber offense, look out. Whoever's going to play them in this. Yeah. And Bailey. Hey, maybe Bailey's a guy that uh, will still be on the field this week trying to make some plays for that Bomber offense in Vancouver. The BC Lions fighting for second place, so they want to win, but a welcome addition to the practice field Wednesday in BC. Nathan Rourke was there throwing the ball with the quarterbacks. Looked like he was... Being cautious with the footwork a little bit, didn't want to go all out, which is understandable, but seeing him on the field is remarkable. And the talk is maybe he's going to play in the playoffs. And if he does, look out the rest of the CFL. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, wouldn't it be would absolutely remarkable if he comes back and leads the Lions to Regina? And, and finally, I get to see him play this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I I hope that that can happen for them. 
but at the same time, I just don't want to see him come back and like him be rusty and yeah, I either re- re-injure himself or and just like I don't want to take off any of the the luster of his season, right? Like, but he's obviously going to want to get back in there, and that's that's up to him and his doctors, I guess. But well, and that's the question: should he play? But I mean, you bring in—I mean, if the doctors say, "Hey, you can get out there," I think. Oh, he's number one for a reason. So yeah, yeah, they got to make sure that he can still be because he was only he was not only good just throwing the ball. No. He was good at evading tacklers and moving and running down the field when he needed to. So if he's good to go with things like that, I, <laughs> if he's on the field for the playoffs, I will be a happy happy guy. Yeah, like I think it's a little with with what you're saying there, it's a little bit different than like, let's say Cody last year with his oblique injury. Um, whereas you definitely need the obliques to throw the ball. You can shoot it up and you can try to mask that maybe, but if, if he's having to plant and run around and stuff with his feet, that's, that's a little bit more dicey than just some muscles in, in your back, I would say. So um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. The Elks, I mean, the Lions, sorry, they're probably going to be focusing on discipline in practice this week. Oh, yeah. what a rough game last week <laughs> for them in Toronto. Was it twice on the same drive, third and short, McLeod Bethel-Thompson with the hard count was able to get the Lions yeah. to bite and just showing Ryan Phillips on the sideline. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Watch the ball. And there were other moments in the game where I think there was a the holding penalty that brought back the big play uh, from Alexander Hollins. So Mm -hmm. they got into some penalty issues last week, which we haven't really seen from BC so far this year. And then, man, that Chris Edwards from Toronto – He's got to quickly be becoming one of the one of the villains of the CFL. He probably already is, especially in in a place like Hamilton. But Sean White misses the kick, and he goes right to White to to start some stuff. And then White, yeah, he tries to sell the whole. <laughs> it was it was a whole silly situation. But really, you, you're chirping the kicker. Give me a break. Yeah, no, and, and look what he was doing with Duke uh, in Toronto, <laughs> when they were in in uh, in Moncton there. Or Halifax. Wherever they were. Halifax, yeah. I guess Halifax, that's his yeah. goal. That's his goal. Yeah, that's well, goal. it's like what Dwight Anderson used to do. Like, yeah. Just get under people's skin, right? Like, I watched Hustle last night. I don't know if you've seen Hustle, no. the, the basketball movie with, with uh, Adam Sandler. But, like, there's a guy in the movie <laughs> who was – doing that to this kid who he was trying to get signed. And it's just like, it was really, really awesome trash talk. And it just made me think of the football field actually, because you don't see the trash talk as much, I think on basketball, like during the broadcast maybe, but you definitely see it in football, like after a play, then go on. Yeah. It was interesting. 
The Lions had 14 penalties for 130 yards uh, last week against Toronto. It goes without saying that has to be an area of uh, improvement for this week, especially against the Bomber team that really they don't <laughs> they don't beat themselves with silly mistakes like that. No, they usually well they do they turn the ball over like early in the games or but again they like we keep saying it's a broken record they figure it out after halftime and they it's like they know when to be disciplined and they know when they can afford to do something stupid it's it's bizarre it's as a rider fan it's <laughs> so freaking annoying but as a CFL fan it's impressive amazing that's why i have this hat on now yeah (laughs) (laughs) lucky whitehead hasn't practiced this week with the ankle injury offensive lineman phil norman hasn't practiced either obum guachem limited in practice d lineman for the lions and uh, Jalen Edwins, Edwards Cooper uh, has not practiced in the secondary. We'll say that Gary Peters has been upgraded to a full participant in practice as of Wednesday. He's been around the league for a while. He only had the two years in Edmonton, 2016 and 2017, has been in BC ever since. He's got five interceptions on the year. Yeah, tied for second in the Canadian Football League. But it all goes down to who's Winnipeg going to be sending to Vancouver. And it looks like there could be a solid number of starters that won't be on the field. I'm sure Calgary looks at that and says, come on, man. (laughs) So Calgary's going to do their job and beat uh, Hamilton. And BC needs to do theirs to and beat Winnipeg to stay in the race for that Western semifinal and the rights to host that game coming up in November. This episode of Tune Out brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. So they offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them. And for you, you've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business. And Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Now, I'm out of the CFL podcast uh, fantasy league, but I'm still making a lineup. Sheldon, uh, what's what's your lineup looking like here? Well, apparently I need to pay attention to injury reports. But uh, so I'm taking a pretty big gamble at my quarterback position this week. Are you going Drew Brown? No, no. (laughs) I'm going Dom Davis. Whoa, the rushing TDs. Montreal, Edmonton has given up the most rushing TDs in the CFL, 28 of them. Yeah, so I'm going Dom Davis. Uh, And then my running backs, I have Kadeem Carey and William Sandback. Uh, Receivers, big boys. Well, that and when you take Dom Davis, <laughs> that's what you can do, right? Yeah. Uh, and then so for receivers, I have Curly Gittens Jr. and I have Brandon Banks. So I gotta I guess I gotta figure out if he's gonna actually be playing or not. Uh, in my flex, I got Brandon O'Leary Orange, 
And I'm rocking the Bombers defense. Okay. I might have to change that too because that was before I realized (laughs) that that they were arresting some people. But as of right now, I have $267 to play with. And then also we'll see what we can do. Okay. For me, I'm going Vernon Adams Jr. I mean, uh, 7,700 bucks. Why not? As of for running back, I'm spending a combined $6,000. I got burned on running back last week. So whatever they get, they get. It looks like Jackson Bennett could be starting at running back for the Red Blacks. He's 2,500 bucks. I threw him in there. Greg McRae, $3,500 for the Bombers. Hey, maybe they want to start getting him uh, the ball more, whether it's receiving or running the ball. So I threw him in there. So that means I was able to spend some money with my receivers. Curly Gittins Jr., Eugene Lewis, my guy, is uh, in my receiving core as well. And then I got another $2,500 special from the BC Lions, Alexander Hollins. We will see if he plays again this week. He had three catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown last week. And I think there was a 63-yard one called back on a holding call. And I'm taking the Argos defense, getting after Taylor Cornelius and the Elks offense. Who are you picking to win the games? Well, I'm, I'm confident in three out of four. Uh, so I'm picking Montreal, Calgary, Toronto. And right now I have Winnipeg, but I think I'm going to probably flip that to BC. Uh, but yeah, all road teams except for Calgary is what I had. Oh, yeah. Guess. Al's. No, oh, I got stamps at home. Yeah, Argos on the road, Lions at home. So I'm uh, I'm two and two. Those are my picks for Week 19. Sheldon Jones, thank you for your availability and thanks for coming on the show this week to get us ready for Week 19. I'm uh, going under the knife tomorrow. Uh, I'll talk to you when I talk to you, but next week there will be episodes uh, with Derek Dennis and Tanya Walter of the BC Lions. Take care of yourself. I'll do my best to take care of myself. You're going to crush it. It's not a thing, man. You're going to crush it. You're the man. You're the man. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube as well. And... We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 